0: Welcome to episode 71 of Random Encounter, the RPG Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Steinman. Pale Robbie on the boards. uh, Back from my beta test with Dark Souls 2. So what do you think we're going to talk about today, ladies and gentlemen?
1: You're going to talk about how OMG, so easy now, have broken game lane. Yeah, they they totally (laughs) broke it. It's (laughs) not cool anymore. I
2: thought thought we were going to talk about Hyperdimension Neptunia. Enjoyed going out with my money. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: all yeah, right so let's
0: introduce everybody. all right all right easy steven let's introduce everybody uh steven myring where are you
1: right here taylor's on the boards
0: all right and then we have derek heemsbergen the burger
2: oh hey, i didn't expect you there
0: oh hi, hi. i'm derek you.
2: uh wow let's do a podcast was
0: that a room reference i can't even tell i'm that tired right
2: now no but it could have been that would have been like
0: oh hi rob <laughs> oh, hi mar oh hi rob <laughs> all right so Idea. We got a lot of games to talk about today. Steven's been working through some of the backlog. Uh, Derek has been hunting Triforce pieces, and I I got to play some Dark Souls too. So we had the beta uh, this past weekend, which right off the bat, okay, Namco, I-, I love you guys. But really, a two-hour beta test on a Saturday night with Pacific Time. <laughs>
2: Oh, wait, the servers were only open for two hours?
0: The servers were only open for two hours from 9 to 11 Pacific time, which meant I was playing the game from midnight to 2 in the morning. (laughs) So I was already tired as hell by the time I got a chance to get online. And then, like, I was slowly fading the entire time I was playing. Like, I'm sitting there guzzling coffee. Midnight to to 2 in the
1: morning, also known as when Steven does his most work.
0: Like it was just a weird time to do. I, I guess I'm so used to like beta tests for SOCOM or, or MMOs, where, which are really open, or like you know Final Fantasy used to do the weekend things. But you know this is a more focused game. It is an action adventure, an action RPG game. So I get that. Uh, it was
1: basically a server stress test, if I recall. That's what they yeah, called it, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: about five thousand people online, give or take, uh, depending on how many people w- with the press were involved with it. But uh, overall, uh, I came away from my two hours playing Dark Souls 2 very, very positive. I had a very good experience playing it. Um, right off the bat, you guys can you guys can read my preview, but it feels like Dark Souls, which is the biggest compliment I can give. A lot of people were really nervous. You know, new graphics engine, uh, new people making the game. You know, same team but new directors. Everybody was really really nervous. It feels like Dark Souls. Now, there are a lot of changes that Steven outlined quite a bit when he got to play the game at E3. The movement, right off—I uh, keep saying right off the bat, so I need to stop doing that. The movement feels very different, and yes. I think it was a combination of I was playing as the knight character class, which is heavier to begin with. And whereas in Demon Souls and Dark Souls, you kind of feel like you're gliding around the environment, this really felt like each and every step was deliberate. Each and every felt each and every step felt like I was really making a connection with the environment, if that now, makes sense.
1: I, 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 having played it, I will say that I agree with you that it feels different and that you feel more weighty, but I don't think that I, I personally don't feel like I felt like I was gliding around in the first dark souls. Um, but, I mean, it could just be, you know, difference in the way we felt like it felt. but
0: Right. It's, it, it's not like the, the original games were were horribly controlling, but there is a difference to them. I, I don't think you felt the weight of each step quite the same way as you do with Dark Souls 2. I think there is more of a, a
1: physicality to it
0: for lack yeah, of a better word. The,
1: the footwork is definitely, like, I, I, it strikes me that a big part of this game is going to be really being like because in dark souls one you had to be mindful of your surround be mindful of your surroundings uh, but in this one just and i don't mean to steal your thunder but with the way enemies kind of stack up on you now when you're fighting like they're much less merciful when like you're fighting multiple enemies yeah uh positioning is going to be way more important in this one well than it, it was good to, to go along with the positioning thing
0: the thing that really really struck me right away and it's what got me killed the first time uh no that's not true i fell down a pit the first time (laughs) because the game was really really dark when i started it and like i had to turn the brightness up quite a bit so it it got me with a pit trap right at the very start
2: how dark was it (laughs) but like can you dig
0: it it's surprising because the when you try to back up when you uh when you highlight an enemy, when you put the targeting on him, you don't back up at normal speed anymore. You are significantly slower when you back up. And that got me killed when Mr. Sickles showed up and decided to make mincemeat of my body. Um, that, that, that threw me off too.
1: Different.
0: Yeah. The, the timing on that was really, really different. And it, it felt like... It felt like I had to really think about when to roll and really get away. That was the other thing that that was kind of weird, was a lot of people were saying that the rolling, it didn't feel like you were invincible for as much of it, but I felt the exact opposite. I really felt like I had more invincibility frames during my rolling. I felt like it was more responsive. I felt like it was quicker. I, I liked the rolling a lot more and found it much more reliable than Dark Souls 1.
2: So do you think that for somebody like me who has barely touched Dark Souls 1 do you think this is something that a newcomer will come in and be like, this is really comfortable, or do you think it'll still have its own kind of learning curve to it?
0: I think it's a two-pronged answer. On the one hand, I think it controls more naturally. I think it feels like a lot of other games in in the weightiness of the actions and and the kind of responsiveness. It definitely feels more responsive in anything you do. I had an easier time pulling off backstabs. But I think from like the backup animation, Derek. I think that would surprise you a little bit because in most games, you know, you're, you're uh, most games that we play, shooters. You're, you back up and you're you're very fast when you back up. This game, you don't have that deliberate sense of, hey, I can you know back away and kind of like get my bearings. It really feels like once you engage in combat, if you want to disengage, you're going to have to
1: roll away and get away.
2: Now, Derek, uh, it's strategic. It sounds like
1: yes, a a good comparison, Derek. Uh, Compare the motion in most MMOs to Final Fantasy. Exactly, fourteen. Rob, I don't think you played enough to notice this, but in fourteen, unlike a lot of MMOs, when you are walking as your character, you walk slower backwards, a lot slower. So, like, if an enemy is attacking you and there's a targeting circle, in a lot of MMOs, you could just hold the right mouse button and then you know walk backwards because you know you're basically just floating. Yeah. Uh, In 14, you have to like you know turn to the side and sidestep away. You have to be more quick in moving, so it makes you more mindful of the motion of your character, and that's what it sounds like they've done with Dark Souls as well.
0: I would agree, and I I did feel that when I was playing 14. So that that was the thing that really. That took a little bit of getting used to, but within five or ten minutes I was right back into that Dark Souls mode of, you know, being very careful, walking around the environment, looking for enemies. The enemies in this game are camouflaged like no other. Like <laughs> I didn't even realize that somebody was right next to a tree and he just came out and like took out my liver. And I was like, holy god, like they they really they've set up really good ambush points. It really feels like the enemies are lying in wait for you. Um since it is a beta test it is kind of a game in pre-production i will say that the enemies didn't hit very hard which was kind of kind of surprising like i could take a lot of hits but what steven alluded to earlier there's a lot more enemies like you can easily have 3 or 4 enemies gang up on you if you're not being careful so that was that was a different thing than i was used to but there are like the big tough enemies i was still running into those guys and that was great uh, the level and to the go ahead, Derek.
2: Go ahead. Isn't there also um, like new healing gems that make it easier for you to stay alive?
0: Yeah, that's something I, I I can see that going
2: two ways. So you
0: have the the Estus flasks, which regenerate when you rest at a bonfire; those heal you completely. Now it looks like maybe they're going to change that again. It's a beta test, but then you have the life gems that. Drop off of enemies, and those regenerate a little bit of your health. You have varying qualities of gems; those regenerate your health, and you can activate them and move around while you're healing. The Estus Flask animation seems to be a lot longer this time, so they they really want you to plant your feet if you're going to do a major heal.
1: Yeah, and that's I actually really really like that when they described it at E3 because. In Dark Souls 1, it was like you had to rely on either the animation glitching or you had you had to really know the animation for your SS Flask to heal in battle, which I think is great. But now you have multiple options, especially, which this allows them to create bosses that have smaller windows to heal.
2: So right. it's like,
1: you know, now you have to be mindful of which kind of heal am I going to use? Do I take a risk, plant my feet, which, again, goes back into them really wanting you to be mindful of your positioning and timing uh, and, you know, use an SS Flask or... Do I pop a couple of life gems? because they work it's kind of like uh, the difference between potions in Diablo One and Diablo 2. Yeah.
0: What I would suggest for them, you know again, no one's gonna be listening to this podcast most likely from from Software. I would make the animation on the life gem a little bit faster because that that animation feels a little clunky because the person kind of holds it up like a soul. I think it's it might actually be the exact same animation from Dark Souls One whenever you used a humanity and, like, you kind of, like, crush it. I think it's the same animation, and that's a little slow. What I would almost do is I would speed up that animation but lower the life regeneration because that, that I feel like, is a good compromise. So then you could use it and kind of move around and then use it again if you needed to. And I'm sure that that's something they're going to tweak because the enemies were dropping life gems left and right. I think by the end of the demo, I had, like, 37.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing that... Um, I'm guessing that the sorts of, like balancing things are not going to be done until the final stages right uh you know because i think my impression was that this is purely a we are testing the servers thing yeah
0: i I would agree with that and i i think that that's a very fair assessment um there were a lot of soul signs on the ground which is a really really good thing i was horribly disappointed with dark souls one and how the the online component worked in that game without the uh W- without the dedicated servers,
1: I never felt like it worked quite right. It was, it was even worse in Prepare to Die on PC as well because Games for Windows Live is busted. Yep. Uh, so, like, I mean, I would go a long time without seeing soul signs. And, I mean, that, you know, your mileage may vary with that depending on your connection and whether or not you're compatible with Games for Windows Live. But, you know, it was, it was lonelier than I think they had anticipated
0: Yeah, this game, uh, for 5,000 people on one server, supposedly, there were soul signs everywhere. It was hard for me to summon people, not because of connection issues, but because of the fact that people were grabbing the soul signs really quickly. I was able to get two people into my game to help me out, um, and they, they now have a system where they're kind of on a timer. Instead of they're with you until you beat a boss. Now, I didn't help anybody else because I'm selfish like that. So I didn't get to see what the timer looks like. I think when they do another beta test at the end of October, I want to put down soul signs and go help other people because I really want to get a sense for how that mechanic works. Um, That is the one thing that did make me a little nervous about the game was when I got two people into the game. Again, it's a beta test. They have plenty of time to fix this but the frame rate really started to tank and
1: i was i was going oh dear yeah i think that's definitely not something you want to be worried about right now given yeah. where it is in development because that's I, from what i understand that's the last thing you know balancing and, tw- sure. and you know optimization because i mean look at again bring it up again final fantasy 14 you know just between the space of 3 weeks in the last couple phases of that beta my game went from running you know pretty well at like 45 50 frames to like locked at 60 when it came out yeah so
0: no, you're that's... right. and and I, I will say that when the game what, what was so weird for it was like there were parts in that game where I think the frame rate went up to like 50 or 60, and it it was really, really striking how good it looked when it did that. Um, I'm reminded of if, if you guys played Infamous, if you got to the top of really, really tall buildings the game would suddenly shoot up to like 60 frames a second, and the game was gorgeous. And then you get back down to ground level, and it would come back down to like 20 or 30, and you're like, oh, okay. It it felt a lot like that. Like, certain times, the frame rate was just amazing. So I think there's still optimization to be done there. Uh, The best thing I can say about the game is that the level design was still just as awesome as it has been. It was creepy as hell. Like, Jackie was sitting right next to me watching this game, and she is just, like, guffawing and just, like, oh, god, oh, god! Like, just screaming at me every time I'm, like, fighting an enemy, like, doing, like, the whole grabbing me thing. I'm like, honey, honey, honey! Like, it like was, I'm trying to kill the scary man! I'm trying to kill the scary man! Everything's gonna be fine! But it was, like, creepy you really felt like there was a lot of verticality to the environments. It, it had that real Metroid feel like you're moving around and there's different areas to go to. Uh, there were two bosses in it that you kind of like stumbled upon that were really cool. It, it felt like dark souls and
2: uh, like how are, so how, how are like the enemy designs and everything? Are they- Oh God, creepy as hell.
0: <laughs> so, you, so like the start of the game was like the, the standard kind of mook, Undead zombie shell people, and they they moved just as creepy as they did in the original Dark Souls. Then they started throwing like kind of ninja thiefy characters at me, and they were kind of cool. They move a little bit faster than those kind of characters from Dark Souls one. Then Mister Sickles showed up, which hmm. is like this giant meat pile carrying two giants uh, like. Sickles. Sickles, yes, and it and he was scary as hell. Then there was a really tall dude that looked like the Undertaker wearing a mask that had like a giant scythe. He was trying to kill me. Uh, I got to fight a couple of Red Phantoms. That the enemy design was creepy. It was really creepy. The the enemies had wonderful animations. They they did a lot of feints and like kind of faking me out a little bit. It, it was that really really good level of the these enemies are like straight out of your nightmares. And I really—it's one of the reasons I'm picking up that Dark Souls design works art book because I just love this really like nightmarish medieval design. I, I really, really like it, and that seems it, to be well intact.
1: It, it what what hooks me great is uh, even from when they first started showing the game, like when they were showing the chariot enemy and all these enemies. It strikes me as like that period of time. I don't think they ever lost it in the Symphony of the Night, Castlevania, Aresaro, you know, Order of Ecclesia. It, it that really just creative, bizarre, n- just nightmarish enemy design in such variety. Yeah, uh, I, I, I it was slightly like that. in Dark Souls one, but they they said one of their goals here was to have a, a much huger variety of enemy designs and just everything I've seen. I'm like, oh, this is like it's so much fun to come across some crazy new enemy because it's like in Dark Souls, the way you fight that enemy is going to differ. Exactly. Exactly. They have different animations. They have different
0: styles. Like Mister Sickles is really, really slow. The Undertaker type enemy was way faster. So he would like leap across you and like try to cut you up, and it, it just felt really different. And again, each one of these enemy types really put me on my toes, which again, that, that's the greatest compliment I can give the game. I will say, and I, I'm not trying to call out any other previews for the game. I was another one except for the one I, I won't I won't call it out <laughs> directly but there's kind of been a hipster response to Dark Souls 2 based on a two-hour public demo where some people are kind of making comments like well you know it's not hard in the same way that Dark Souls one was hard I mean it's it's very much in the like cheap design and the enemies kind of like swarm you and you don't have anything to you can't deal with them and I gotta say like to the people that are making those comments like did you
1: play dark souls one do you remember the archers at an orlando do, do you, you remember the undead berg when the assassins popped out of doors that you couldn't do anything to and they would no matter what you did they'd ambush you yeah do we remember the capra demon
0: do you guys uh, remember? I know you never had a problem with the camera. <laughs> go to hell. I just, I, I
1: just wanted to uh, actually. I just wanted to troll you. I wasn't trying to validate your point. But like, it's, s- pretty cheap.
0: but like seriously, like, I, I, and I'm not saying that from like a oh, Dark Souls one is a broken game, but there are sections in Dark Souls one that are really hard and kind of filled with those gotcha moments. And I was kind of disappointed that some people were really attacking Dark Souls two, and I, I don't understand why. Honestly, I, I, and again, it's a two-hour demo that I, I don't think you can get a proper assessment. If the only section of Dark Souls two, 1 that you played was the Valley of the of the Giants, you'd probably hate that game. Because that whole section is awful. Like, it's so obnoxious to play that section, but I just... Uh, I, I
1: wouldn't don't get use it. the word awful,
0: but it is taxing. It's quite taxing. Okay, that's fair. But I just... I, I don't understand the outright anger and kind of sarcastic response that i saw from a lot of people for dark souls 2 based on a two-hour demo i think it shows that the developers are well on their way to making something great now it could be that the end that the end game ends up you know crapping itself inside out that could definitely happen but so far i'm definitely intrigued by what i got to play
1: Yeah, well, that's kind of why I wanted Rob to play it was because I I already got to play it. So, you know, first of all, we'd be able to actually discuss it more. And, you know, everything I've seen, like the A4Play podcast, when they talked about it at TGS was great, too, because they talked about how a lot of what they're trying to do with their changes, like, oh, now you're always able to be invaded – and, you know, it, it sounds to me like they're trying to take the systems from Dark Souls 1 and make sure that you're using all of them. Like, mm-hmm. with the changes to Covenants and, you know, by making everything more tightly integrated and then just polishing up the core gameplay, that's exactly what we wanted. And there are all there are always those sequels, those second sequels that come out, and they come out like two or three years after the original. And some of us are always like, oh, it's soon for a sequel. But then you look at it and... Those additional two years were what the developers needed to take the concept and perfect it. Look at Resident Evil Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it just you know, I can come up with other examples, but Resident Evil Two is the first one because that game is amazing, and it's just it delivers on every all the promise of the original. And I, that's sort of what I'm thinking can happen here. And I'm not saying that there won't be flaws, and that I don't, you know, that I, I'm confident in everything they're doing. But based on what I've played, and it sounds like from what you've played, I feel like they are on the right track to making a sequel to Dark Souls that doesn't just feel like an expansion pack.
0: Right. I, I think the other thing that I'm really excited to see is on some of the preview videos, you've seen, like, enemies busting through walls and stuff like that. Kind of these, I don't want to call them more cinematic moments, but this more.
2: Uh, kind of. What was that? Like, more dynamic events?
0: Yeah, because, like, I, I gotta say one thing about Dark Souls that I, I think is a valid criticism is that the enemies just kind of stand there waiting for you
1: most mm-hmm.
0: of the time. Like, they, they're just kind of, like, waiting for you to come across them. It's very old-school level design. I'm kind of looking for moments that put me on my toes a little bit. And I, I think that that's something that they can definitely work on with the sequel. So I, I agree with Steven. I think we're well on our way to something good, you know, whether or not they can actually get to that level i think that we, we got to sit back and wait and see what happens but so far I, i'm really intrigued by it I'll, I'll be interested to see what they do for the second round of the beta test if it's the exact same area again or if they give us something different i want to see you know how do they continue to implement the dedicated servers that's probably my biggest championing moment for this game because that's kind of what hurt dark souls 1 it's one of the reasons i can't really play dark souls 1 anymore because the community really isn't there anymore so I'm kind of I like the idea of us all being on the same server to kind of make sure that that community stays. It's still easy to find people on Demon Souls. It still is. By comparison to what Dark Souls did. So Overall good things. Uh it is definitely my most anticipated game for March. No like, way. <laughs> seems- <laughs> I know John, I know. What? I don't know what Steven just said. What did you
2: just
1: say, Steven? I- i didn't say anything
2: oh, okay all right all right, right let's talk about another game shall we something all a right. little bit lighter perhaps uh something maybe a little wind wakery wind wakery i've been playing the legend of zelda wind waker hd for the nintendo wii console released in 2013 uh it's a game all right next game no i'm just kidding it's not it's uh, a
0: wind waker I... hd 1.5
2: remix it's a... no although uh it's uh, it's similar it's it's on that level where uh, Wind Waker HD isn't just an upscaled port. Wind Waker HD is really what Wind Waker should have been in the first place. It's a prettier version of a game that a lot of people love. I, I, I've reviewed it so if you want you know thoughts that aren't spoken and you want to read the words that I put on the, the electronic paper you could read that. but um, so I think you know a lot of people, as we know, a lot of people saw the initial reveal of Wind Waker for GameCube, and they were like, Zelda, psh, psh, it's so kitty bleh. And then uh, everybody was all, you know, poo-pooing on it, and then it released, and they were like, oh, well, this is actually a really fun game, isn't it? And over the years, it's become one of the most beloved Zelda titles. So I think it was an excellent choice for a remake because it was sort of released in that gray period where it has an amazing art style, but that art style wasn't fully realized by the hardware that it was on. So, Wind Waker HD is an excellent, excellent update to one of my favorite Zelda titles. It's It's got a new graphical engine that's kind of akin to Nintendo lands a bit with all the bloom effects, and the. Uh, it's got a lot of cool lighting and shadows and um, really sharp lines and all the graphics. But this is a game that was already really, really good, and they've taken a lot of the tedium out of it it doesn't have any extra content in terms of new dungeons or anything like that but they really made it much more fun to play because as we all know the you know the triforce hunt near the end of the game i guess for those who don't know near the end of wind waker not really a spoiler i guess i I hope not you're gonna Uh, get the triforce link has to get the triforce you guys so to do that in this one, since it takes place on the Great Sea, he has to sail around in his boat and dredge up these pieces of it from the bottom of the ocean using these sea charts. And it's sucked. Yeah. Now before you had to get you had to find these sea charts in chests and stuff, and then have each of them deciphered for like three hundred and ninety-eight rupees. Mm-hmm. And then take each of those sea charts and go finally get that piece. So that was a lot of money and a lot of time. And it just, that entire section of the game just drags because you're sailing back and forth around the ocean and trying to make money. So in this version of the game, they've made it so I think five, yeah, five of the pieces are just found in chests. And only three of them have to be uh, deciphered from sea charts. So that in itself removes, you know, like, I don't know, two to three hours of unnecessary tedium. Yeah. So in, it, in addition to that, the really, really cool big change is they introduced this thing called the swift sail that you can get pretty early in the game, after the first dungeon, and maybe it's the second, I think it's the first. But what it does is it doubles the speed of the boat while you're on the ocean, and it makes it so that whenever you deploy the sail, you automatically get a favorable wind at your back. Before, you had to use the Wind Waker baton to conduct the wind, and you had to like turn the direction you wanted him to be sailing, conduct the wind wa- the wind's requiem, wait for the little cutscene to play of him conducting it, and then you finally get to sail. Now it's just like instant. Even in the beginning, before you get the swift sail, he conducts the wind and you get to pick the direction and it's very fast. But once you get the swift sail, you're doubling your speed around the ocean and it's like, oh, well, this is what the game could have been if they didn't pad it, you know? And what I hear is that initially the Great Sea was so vast because they had to use the GameCube's RAM in such a way to like load areas and they used those long sailing times as a way to hide the load times it's like the say, like it's elevators the rooms from, and mass effect yeah elevators and mass effect are the rooms and
0: castlevania symphony of the night yeah
2: yeah so so that was kind of cool i guess uh i mean it, it was a smart idea but if you go back and play it, you're like oh my god why am i wasting all this time so so anyway i mean aside from just the the those upgrades to the game wind waker hd is already a really cool game it's a good solid zelda adventure uh it's got interesting items it's got a neat atmosphere a really timeless art style And the HD version, in addition to adding those few things, it's got, like, a cool new... The inventory's on the gamepad, and I remember back before the Wii U came out, this was actually the sort of thing that I was envisioning the gamepad being used for. Um, I guess it's kind of like the DS's second screen in a lot of ways, but I just thought, oh, it would be so cool to play a Zelda game and have your inventory on the touchscreen. Because, like, say, Ocarina of Time, for instance, the original one on 64, we all remember the Water Temple and how awful it was to have to go into your menu over and over and mm-hmm. get out those the metal boots so that you could sink to the bottom and then unequip them and then go back into the menu. I mean, and that's just, that doesn't really feel like gameplay to me. That feels like annoying item management that shouldn't be necessary. Mm-hmm. So, they fixed that in Ocarina of Time 3D. So, that concept applies here, again, to Wind Waker HD, where all you have to do is you can just use your finger to drag items from your inventory into your usable buttons. And... It, I mean the game is just like super playable. It's uh, I I never have any kind of issues while I'm playing it. It's aside from the fact that I feel like it doesn't have as many dungeons as it could. Uh, it's just it's a really good game, and the HD version makes it even better. So, well, now I, if I can, because I know you're a big Zelda fan, and and you and I've have... see, but but even that, like, I wouldn't even say that I'm like the biggest Zelda fan. No, I actually, no, no. There's there's quite a few that I'm kind of like eh, on, but. Go, sorry, go on.
0: No, but what I wanted to ask is, because you, you and I have had some pretty lively discussions on Zelda, like, where does this fit? Because you know how, as Zelda fans, we, we all have our favorite Zeldas, and then our Zeldas that we don't like that much. Where does this fit on your scale of Zelda games? It's pretty close to the top. Okay. Uh, it, it is for me, too. Like, I, I really like it as well.
2: I think I, uh, uh, Wind Waker, it, or the original, was in, like, maybe my top three. Um, Link to the Past is my favorite far and away, yep. easily. Um, and I couldn't really say it's, it'd be hard for me to rank the next couple. Like Links Awakening is really good. Um, I only recently played Majora's Mask less than a year ago, like for the first time, and I beat it. And it's not one of my favorites. I think it has a really cool atmosphere, but uh, I think the game is kind of tedious. Um, but Wind Waker HD has always been up there for me. I'd say like top five. I don't know, but this new update probably puts it at like number two or three for me. Steven, you were trying to get in there.
1: Uh, I was gonna say that uh among three D Zeldas, it is my favorite. So um this version well, Oh, so I, w- I, <laughs> I never I never <laughs> I never beat it on GameCube because I got to the Triforce hunt and was like nope and then I watched my friend do the final dungeon and the last boss. So at that point I was like, Well I'm done. You
2: pretty so, much beat it seriously.
1: Combined with Sonic Lost World, which is getting okay reviews, and this and Project X, I'm very tempted to get a wii u but don't
2: do it steven oh smash i will next year. don't forget smash
1: yeah and and smash and i'm sure you know there'll be other games but i i i didn't comment a little bit earlier i was way i was away but it was i really like what they did with the graphics in this and i feel like they did the best thing they could in reducing the tedium because adding additional dungeons would have necessitated major changes to the game yeah Uh, and it's clear what this was. It was an attempt to get a Zelda on Wii U fast, Mm -hmm. uh, so that they picked this one and fixed what was wrong with it is good. Yeah. Well, for
0: me, Wind Waker, it it was my first 3D Zelda. I didn't have an N64, so I didn't play Ocarina of Time and I didn't play Majora's Mask. I know, I know, sacrilege.
1: Hey, I didn't, I had a 64 and I still
2: didn't play the... Uh, I I told you, I just played Majora's Mask, so I'm not far behind you there.
0: I really liked Wind Waker. I I think I'm falling in line with you guys as well, is that I I really found the game to be insanely tedious at the end. And I'm really happy to hear that they addressed that, because I think that's the game's biggest shortcoming. The other thing that kind of... I think this is the reason I don't like Skyward Sword or... uh, Wind Waker as much as Twilight Princess which let's be honest here, Twilight Princess has become the the Zelda game that everybody thinks it's okay to hate on which I find very weird because when that game came out, like everybody was literally like, "Oh my god, it's the best game ever!" Oh, like people I'm were lo- time too, dog. Like people were losing their mind. I think Jeff Gerstmann was the only one who gave the game like an eight or an eight point five on GameSpot, and I think he, I think there were threats on his life. Like everybody loved this game. Like Shane Bettenhausen talked about it on One Up Yours for like a a month. It was incredible, but now it's kind of become like the kind of hipster game to hate. And then Wind Waker, which came out and a lot of people were like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's good. It's it's a great Zelda game. Now that game has kind of been elevated. I really should do that feature. I've kind of wanted to write about how a video game, like the perception of a video game changes. Like Chrono Cross is now, like people hate on Chrono Cross and I want to punch them in the throat. But like Wind Waker and Skyward Sword, I think the reasons I don't like them as much as Twilight Princess is because I don't like the main exploration component in in those games i can't stand the sailing in in uh, wind waker i find it very relaxing for the first 30 seconds then i go wow i would much rather be running around an environment or having more stuff it feels like everything's placed very far out and then skyward sword was like that times 10 where i was like
1: all of this flying sucks i liked it better in wind waker because I like it much better in Wind Waker. The, the, the flying in Skyward Sword was very distinctly separate from everything else. It was like, all right, you're going to leave the town zone, and now you have to go out and fly. And the flying wasn't all that much fun, and it was incredibly everything, tedious. And everything's it's the broken same,
0: up by a loading screen. Yeah, And it's,
1: it's the same reason I didn't like Spirit Tracks. But I really love the sailing in Wind Waker and in Phantom Hourglass because it's... It's fleshed out enough that it's not like you're doing something separate. Like, you get into the ocean, and you're actually, like, on the ocean, there are things to do on it. And I I, I really love that setting, which is funny. You would think flying I'd like better, because flying is more awesome. But
0: Well, and, and I agree with you. It is kind of a remarkable thing when you get to an island in Wind Waker, and that island is a you can get out and explore it. It almost feels like a Grand Theft Auto game for the time where you're like, "Wow, I'm not confined to the loading screens and whatnot. And there was that in Skyward Sword too. I mean, there were islands that you could get to that weren't broken up by a loading screen, but I think I just loved Twilight Princess because that felt more cohesive. That felt more like a world to me. And I, I really got into exploring every nook and cranny in Twilight Princess because it didn't take you long to get anywhere.
1: I, I, I think that's
0: why you might like
1: the upgraded sale in this yeah. one. But and, and I, I think a lot of people have that complaint. And I would, I would even agree, that's why I like the 2D Zeldas better, because I do like having just that world to explore separated by items, even though now people are complaining that that's not cool. It's like, oh, it's just a series of locks and keys. You know, now, you remember time, that
0: article I sent you from Kotaku? I do agree with that article, that, with, Zelda, that Zelda has become a series of locks and keys.
1: Well, yeah, but that's because they are prescribing too much, and they are, they're not letting you discover things for yourself. I, uh, I do feel like Wind Waker did a good job of that. Like, I remember being horribly
0: stuck in one room where, like, you had to burn a tapestry to, like, get light into the room. And I was just slamming my head against the wall, like, what am I supposed to do? And I just fired an arrow on fire for some reason. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and, and that was a really cool – that's, like, the last big Zelda aha moment that I've had. Like, as much as I love Twilight Princess, they do tell you how to do just about everything in that game.
1: And, and that's what I think has been lost in that series is that – the reason I do like those 2D ones, I like, I love the, or- I, you know, I rank them. Link to the Past, Oracle Games, uh, Fan- uh, not Phantom Hourglass, uh, Psh, Minish Cat. Because those games, and, you know, also Link's Awakening, because those games still, like, they don't just say, here's how to get everything. You just have to go and do it. It's like, oh, there's a thing hidden here, but what is it? And do you need it now? Or, well, you don't need it now, but you could still find it, and then you'll be super cool. And then, like, you know, you... <sighs> That has been completely lost, especially in Skyward Sword, where it's just like, yeah, all right, you know how this goes, so here, we're going to put as many obstacles between you and doing the thing as possible, because you know what the thing is. Right. And I I think
0: what set Wind Waker apart, I, I think what Wind Waker does better than Twilight Princess or Skyward Sword is there are some really awesome moments. And Zelda hasn't really been a series of moments. Zelda's always been a series of, aha, I figured it out. But like, When you, spoiler, when you first get to Hyrule Castle in Wind Waker, that that stands out as one of the best moments in gaming I have ever had.
1: Like, that is just outrageously awesome. Can we also tip our hat to how awesome the story, like, generally is in Wind Waker? Because, like, they go, yeah, Link failed, so the world got trashed, and so they flooded it. And I'm like, all right, that's awesome. It's post-apocalyptic Zelda. Yeah, it's Waterworld. Where are the smokers? And Dennis Hopper. (laughs) <laughs> that's what i want to know
2: huh.
0: but well, i i really do like wind waker i i think i'd like to play it again i mean I, I don't know if i'm ever gonna bust out the gamecube to do it i'd like to do it again because I, I did it back in college so it's been a long time
2: and i, I could never go back after playing hd
0: the like, hd doesn't
2: gorgeous you're just gonna have to find a friend or <laughs> wait for smash to come out and then get it then you know
0: but well, I, oh I, yeah that's right you don't really like smash huh? no i don't uh but i, I think even i'm sorry. But for whatever reason, I think Twilight Princess just really it, – it struck a nerve with me. I don't know what it was, but Twilight Princess became like a game that – I haven't done that for a long time where I sat down for eight hours a day and just played the living crap out of Twilight Princess. And I never got tired of it until I saw the, the finale. And I, I don't know why that game got me that much, but it really did suck me in. Wind Waker I really enjoyed, but I didn't – I loved it, but I didn't, it it doesn't hold a special place in my heart outside of the art style, which, you know, I was one of those dudes, I'll freely admit it, when I saw Zelda, I was making fun of it, and I was like being a PlayStation fanboy, like, ah, Nintendo can't do anything right, and then I saw it in motion, and I was like, holy crap, that's awesome, (laughs) that looks great. I still like watching the old old reveal video for uh, Wind Waker before it even had a name attached to it, and how different it looked it was just so
1: striking so and how how angry everyone was that it wasn't that tech demo video of link fighting ganon
0: yeah yeah. And I, and I would or say ganon ford i like the art style in twilight princess but the wind waker art style is timeless it really is yeah, it's a uh, style that's always going to exist
2: part of part of the graphical upgrade for wind waker hd isn't just like the the new models it's like they ha- he has new faces and oh Link's my god new faces are freaking ridiculous like like did you that see Twitter i you may have seen the uh, yeah the linkstagram thing yeah
1: Oh, my God. There's a Twitter account, Rob, where... Because you can take the pictures in the game, right?
2: Yeah, you get a... Uh, the Picto box in the game has been upgraded so that now you can flip it around and take selfies, basically. And uh, <laughs> so you can take pictures with Link just chilling in the foreground, and you can tilt the analog stick to make him make different faces. Aww. And they're freaking ridiculous. Like Yeah, like,
1: they'll post pictures of, like, insane things happening in the background and Link being like, oh, and uh, some of them are so funny. It's like, Ganon is such a jerk, and it's like, Ganon getting hit in the face... What a great feature.
2: Link Link making like a super happy expression while Ganon's getting an arrow in the face or something. (laughs) It's it's pretty funny, yeah. That's that's a really cool feature. And um, oh, one more thing I forgot to mention about the game is that they they did add this Tingle Bottle feature. They removed the Tingle Tuner, which was that item that you used to connect with the Game Boy Advance via Link Cable. Yeah, we obviously can't do that anymore. (laughs) Why not? I wonder why. So they they replaced it with uh, the Tingle Bottle, which is an item that lets you... Uh, write messages and take pictures with the picto box and attach them. And basically, it posts it via Meverse. But what happens is, like, it shows Link tossing a bottle into the ocean, and then other, like, as you're playing the game, you'll see bottles all over the place. And not like excessively, but on beaches and and the ocean as you're sailing, you'll just see little bottles sparkling, and you pick them up, and you can just read them. They're ran- random pictures and uh, messages from people, and it's so cool. Like, That's a very, the, that is a
1: very Dark Souls
2: feature. I was going to say, does that, is that the point when like a red phantom invades Link's world to steal and, his soul? It actually has some utility, too, because there's the Nintendo, uh, I forget what it's called, Nintendo Gallery, uh, where you can make the little figurines. And in the original Wind Waker, you had to take pictures of um, anybody that you wanted a figurine made out of. That was a pain because you could only hold three photos at a time mm-hmm. and because you had to take a picture like at the right distance and get the, the subject in the shot properly enough so that you would be graded well uh, and get the picture or get the figurine made out of them unless you can now hold 12 uh, uh, pictographs I guess and it shows you a little marker when you take one that's good enough and those tingle bottles can have pictures in them so people actually are using that as a way to send pictures of enemies that are hard to find it's like a good Samaritan kind of thing because I'm constantly picking up bottles where it's like in case anybody missed this boss here's a picture of him so you can get a figure. So, all
0: of this talk about Zelda and all of the preview videos that have come out for a link between worlds, the new (laughs) I know the new 3DS Zelda that's coming out. uh, What is it, November twenty second in America? Right. I gotta say that game. I think Nintendo's screwing with everybody, and and here's my thought process. I think Nintendo is setting everybody up for a giant like pull the rug out from under them in that. They, everybody's talking about how the map in the new game is exactly the same map from A Link to the Past, and it starts out very similar. I wouldn't be surprised when you get to the Dark World, because they've barely shown anything about it. It is completely, like, bat-crap crazy different.
1: Well, it's already got a, a different name. Like They're calling it Low
0: Rule, which is a yeah. lame pun, but yeah, I that's like lame very, it's, it's pretty lame.
1: <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're going to Zelda for good writing, you, you made a mistake anyway, but it. Uh, my impression is that it is the Dark World since linked to the past, mm-hmm. and it has become its own thing. And so that's why I was kind of thinking that most of the dungeons were going to be there. Like, that would be the the real the world where most of the game takes place, but I have no idea. But I, uh, sorry, continue with your pulling the wool. Well, no, I, I think they're going to,
0: some of the dungeon design that they've shown with, like, the sticking to walls and being able to, like, move around and, like, having platforming and stuff, I think they're really going for a verticality with the new Zelda. And then the other thing that that's really kind of caught everybody's attention is uh, Aonuma saying that they're going to do the, um, they're going to let you explore the dungeons in any order past a certain point in the game. And that's really playing into what Steven and I were talking about, which is that Zelda has been holding our hands for so long it would almost be nice to go back to the original, like, Zelda 1 formula of, you can go to a dungeon 6 if you want to at the very start of the game. You're probably going to get your ass kicked, but you can go do it! And I think I think they need to recapture that sense of adventure. There there's this part when I was playing twilight princess, where I was just exploring a cave with a lantern and it was this really, really cool moment. It was kind of freaky and I didn't know what I was walking into. And then I got to the end of the dungeon and I got like five coins or five rupees. And I was like, Oh, okay. They, they need to do something to really expand the exploration. Cause that was kind of the whole point of Zelda. And so I, I'm, I'm hopeful for this game. I mean, I'm, I'm both a little wary of it because I think they might be grasping a bit too strong at nostalgia. So maybe that's why I want them to pull the rug out from under me is I want it to be strikingly different when you do get to whatever it is, like the main source of the game is. I have a feeling the first three dungeons in the game are going to be very straightforward. And then if they do decide to do something wacky, that's when it's going to happen.
1: Oh, I would be I'm guessing the first three dungeons are going to be da 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 da, you know. We're going to give you a few items that you have to have for every dungeon, and then they're going to be in the light world, and then the rest of it is all going to be in low rule. Any order, this is where cray-cray stuff starts happening. And
0: I want cray-cray. I really do want it out of this game. I want this game to have the the chutzpah to kind of push me. And make me play Zelda the way that I used to, which was you know Zelda One, Zelda Two. Even a link to the past really is very handholdy. I mean, I, I know we don't want to admit that, but it is. It it's very very handholdy that game. And it's kind of like I I want them to have the trust in players, and I think a three D 3D, a three D S Zelda game is the right place to do it because it doesn't have the huge insane budget of what an HD Zelda is going to have. So I don't know. That's uh, between that and the uh the XCOM enemy within. I know I talk a lot about how much I hate XCOM, but I am really excited for that. Those are my two big games for for this year to kind of roll out the Oh, and uh Deadly Premonition on PC. I want to play that on PC.
1: I don't understand what the deal with that game is. It looks awful. I think that's kind of the point,
0: Stephen. I think that's kind of Derek, did you pick up Deadly Premonition on PS3?
2: No, but I really I still really want to play it. Like I love um PS2 era, like I guess PS1, PS2 era survival horror games. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of a wuss now. Like, there's something really charming to me about the way that they play. Like, I was watching a stream of Fatal Frame 3 the other day.
0: Ooh, I do want and to play that. I was just that. like,
2: oh my God, I want to play this again. And I don't know what it is. Like, those those don't really scare me. Like, games now, games like Amnesia are honestly too scary for me. I will just admit that flat out. Like, I'm not embarrassed to say that. It's just that's too much for me. Like, it stresses me out.
1: See, but at games- least you admit it, though. Rob just makes up some nonsense about motion sickness.
2: Yeah.
0: Dude, when I was at Universal Studios, like, the Harry Potter ride almost killed me. Like, that, <laughs> like I'm sitting there flying around Hogwarts going, I might throw up on Hagrid. Dude, you might <laughs> be old. I might just be old. But it's funny because, like, roller coasters don't get me hardly at all. But, like, the, the motion rides, and especially 3D rides because I can't see 3D, they were, like, devastating to me.
2: Yeah. But, um, but Deadly Burnham... And I beat Amnesia. amnesia. Just...
0: Go, to head, Steven. Go to hell, Steven.
2: <laughs> when did you beat Amnesia?
0: I did, this past summer. You told me, no,
1: we, we talked on a podcast like three episodes
0: ago, and you are like, I gotta beat that at some point. No, it was like eight episodes ago, so it was back during the summer, and after that episode, <laughs> I beat it.
1: What happens at the end?
0: Uh, you go into the crazy room where, like, the dude sorcerer is talking to you, and you have spoilers. a decision about whether or not to spoilers. send him to another dimension.
2: Spoilers.
1: We probably, so, shouldn't, we probably shouldn't include the spoilers.
0: No, nah, it's fine because it doesn't play into
2: any of the scares in the game. The ending's kind I was of- talking over it. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Deadly Premonition looks cool. Not an RPG. <laughs>
0: yeah, but but I think, like, that Zelda game really has me intrigued, and it's kind of... I could see it going one of two ways. I could see us all saying, yeah, it's a really nice nostalgia trip, but it doesn't do anything new, or we all go, oh, my God, it is so insanely different.
1: I'm, I'm expecting like- it to be good.
2: Yeah, I'm expecting it to be good. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Probably, well, it's almost the end of the year, Um. You know, a lot of people have said that this year's been a slow year, but I think it's been an insane year for games. And yeah, I don't,
1: I don't know what the deal with the slow year comments are. Yeah, Bioshock
2: Infinite, The Last of Us, like okay, not even that, like RPGs. I mean, oh yeah, alone RPGs alone. There have been a, a ton of amazing games. Yeah, but I just mean like, even for people who like RPGs, there have been a crazy amount of good games. Um, I could go through my backloggery and like list all of them, but I mean, I'm still there are still several games this year that coming out that are like maximum hype level like phoenix Wright. <laughs> maximum hype Maximum yeah. hype. phoenix right's coming out in like a week um east memories of celcetta as you know is like my number one and uh zelda and like i don't know if we'll get 10, 10 to hd but freaking freaking frick i want all these games you need so. to play day of sex day of sex
0: no um,
1: hey inappropriate <laughs> family show whatever man I, Look, uh, this is I, I a family show we can only talk about high violence
2: right I need to, actually, I do need to play that. I, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm not going to make any promises about when I'm going to get to that. Maybe when the director's cut comes out, um, I'll shell out the 10 bucks and play the more Betar version. Oh, yeah? More Betar. Yep. So, so, uh, so
0: let's what, let's go to an end game. Yeah, Wind Waker HD,
2: it's definitely pretty good. Very uh, good game. Very good. Not flawless, but very, very good game. Do you think they're going to do Twilight Princess HD? I doubt it. I, I doubt, it. I, I doubt I, it. They're pretty focused on their new one.
1: From what I understand, they also said that in the 3DS game, uh, they're going to be hinting at Majora's, something about Majora's Mask. So yeah. I'm willing to bet the next game is going to be a Majora's Mask remake. I think it'll
2: probably be on 3DS. I think that'd be the place to do it. Cause well, if they, if they do that, then yeah. Like awkward. Yeah. yeah. I'd be And I'd be fine with that. Um, it's a I, game I, I want to play. I want to play Majora's Mask. If they do yeah. some, uh, some new stuff, you know, if they reduce some of the tedium, I know that I'm sure people will be like, oh, man, it's because people want stuff on easy mode cuz they're babbies but there are some things in Majora's Mask that are just like I don't like if, if there's an a quest line I need to do I don't want to have to time it perfectly and find out that on the third day like like the, there's a section in the game where you have to get the uh I forget if they're eggs or like Zora eggs you have to get like 8 of them and when I was playing the game like twice from bad planning or I mean it's my fault as a player but like from bad planning I didn't get all the eggs before the end of the third day like the end of the third day was coming up and i had like six or seven eggs because i couldn't find them i wasn't using a guide <clears throat> and i was just like i have to redo these three days again and each each one of those attempts was several hours so it was just like this Ooh. is dumb this isn't fun yeah like, time limits not not a fan of that i don't i don't mind time limits depending on how they're implemented but like time limits plus nothing that care or very little carrying over like that annoys yeah. me yeah well, speaking of that, uh, I know it's not something that we talked oh, about. Oh, yeah, time the... limits. Well, I, uh,
0: speaking of all that, because it's not something we talked about in the uh, pre-show warm-up, but I'm just going to throw a grenade out there. Has anybody picked up Beyond Two Souls? Grenada! Uh, I played the demo and liked it a lot. Wait, is there a demo? Of course you did.
1: Yeah. No, There's no, no, no. You know what? Uh, yeah, this is a demo. Um, On the PSN? Yeah. Be right back. It, it, um. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> okay, so what I've read about it is that it has a crisis in that... There's fantastic action. The changes they made, I do like, uh, like to the controls and how things are no longer like they don't show you little prompts as much on the screen. Um, that it's good, but then it also wants to be like this triple A Hollywood blockbuster action movie. Because David Cage is all about emotion and
0: movies. And- well, no,
1: no, no, no. Like, so you have these emotional moments that are important, and then you have these like balls to the wall, crazy ass action moments that seem out of place from this character story. And then within three hours into the game, of course, to a... a uh, we can't really talk about this. It's well, it's it seems, it seems Let like... Let me put it this way. David Cage's portrayal of women is not challenged in this game. Mm. So, uh... Didn't,
0: we'll, we'll somebody, talk- didn't somebody already find, like, naked Ellie? Like, you can... Uh, that uh, no, I, I call her Ellie. Oh, my God. Uh, here we go, Last of Us. Uh, Jodie. Like, there is, like, a naked character model of her and just... Uh,
1: um, I'm not sure, and I don't want to, uh, it's, it's too new for us to talk spoilers, but no. it, uh, it's, I, you know, uh, I have to say, I will probably play it, um, because I've enjoyed their other games, but I think with, just, I know how I've changed recently, and like, my perspective on, like, writing and stuff has changed, and I, I don't think I'm going to like it as much, maybe, as I might have liked Heavy Rain if it didn't have a stupid ending. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. I I really enjoyed the demo. I like that style of gameplay and even though David Cage is kind of a pretentious fellow, uh That's I still <laughs> I I, en- I enjoy the kind of storytelling they're trying to do because it's a di- it's it's different. And I don't necessarily think it's better than anything else, but it's, well, it's 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 different and I want different experiences. No, I I agree with you from that perspective. I I want different as well. I think the
0: main complaint that I've read about the game is that Heavy Rain's big claim to fame, I think the thing that Heavy Rain did very, very well, is how you could have characters die, and then the game would keep moving forward. So there actually was consequence to your actions. It kind of seems, again, based on reviews, that this game is much more concerned with telling its story than allowing for variety and variability in outcome. Like, there are multiple endings, but apparently that only
1: comes into play at the very end of the game. See, I've heard that too, and I don't see that as a flaw, because if it's a different design, then I'm okay with that. Heavy Rain's thing was, mod you know, that it was moddable and your decisions would change it. If this one is just trying to tell a more concrete story, I'm okay with that.
0: See, and I don't trust David Cage's storytelling ability, honestly. (laughs) I I I don't, because I I think that his his games have not told very good stories and maybe this is the one to break the curse, but I I think a lot of people are finding this game... Let's be honest, the reviews for this have been much harsher than Heavy Rain and I think a lot of that stems from the fact that it is less interactive and it is more focused on the story whereas, you know, my problems with Heavy Rain's story, I do have to give the game credit for you know, I could lose one of the challenges in the game, and you know, or, or Madison could have died, and the game would keep going. I think that's one of the things that that game did very, very well. It kind of feels like the big selling point of Heavy Rain, which was this story that could continue. Apparently, that's been lost, and I think that that shows David Cage had no idea what people liked about his game to begin with. Nobody was really touting the story in Heavy Rain. People were talking about the impact of the experience, and there is a difference between those two things, and I I don't think he picked up on that.
1: Well, I mean, I you know, play devil's advocate here. Maybe that's just not what they wanted to design this time. Could be as well.
0: No, you could be right. I think that this game is going to be disastrous, though. I I don't think it's going to sell hardly anything.
1: And they've already, like...
2: It hasn't been very well received so far. No. Well,
1: also, on the other hand, though, Sony exclusives rarely sell gangbusters. Like... The Uncharted, last of us did
0: Uncharted and The Last of Us sold very well.
1: Well, yeah, but that's 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 naughty dog. Most like look at infamous, look at most Sony blockbusters. That's fair. They they don't they're not intended to move Call of Duty numbers.
0: True, but I think that uh oh that was another thing that happened this week. Activision getting real pissy saying that, oh, we're gonna break all of Rockstar's records <laughs> with the I was new like Co- Yeah, was sure like, oh, yeah. guys.
1: And even if they do, who cares?
0: Yeah, seriously, can, can we please put our penises
1: away and stop measuring? I was like, like congratulations, on. your e is the biggest. You guys yeah. have lots of money, and you make games that are creatively bereft that I don't ever want to play. Yeah, your big claim to fame this
0: year is a dog. Calm down. But I, I, I do you mean think Doge?
1: It, <laughs> wow, like, such Doge.
2: Like wow, the, so Doge is a maze.
1: But then, uh, Much record breaking.
0: Sony did come out and kind of defend Heavy Rain. They were like, yeah, we're really... I, I think that says a lot about Sony, is that they want these kind of experiences. They want different things. They're courting the indie developers. That's what I really like, but I, I think...
1: That's why I'm buying a PS4.
0: Right. I, I, I do think that the guys over at Quantic, I think they need to think about what people really liked about Heavy Rain. For all of Heavy Rain's storytelling problems, I was very intrigued by the way the game could continue, the scenarios that it put you in. That all seemed like the good stuff. It seems like Beyond Two Souls is more concerned with the narrative. Which, not a bad thing, but I haven't seen a narrative that I like from da- from David Cage.
1: See, I'm, I'm relying more on the storyline in this one. Not storyline, the, the the acting and the characters, because that's that's what their strength is here. And I like Ellen Page. Willem Dafoe is insane all of the time. So. Whatever you, know, you say, Spider Man. Godspeed, Spider Man. <laughs> but, yeah, it, uh. You know, I I, I want to play it because I, I didn't hate Heavy Rain. I enjoyed it thoroughly. In hindsight, yeah. There are silly tropes in it that are not great, but it's still an experience hey, that's memorable. I didn't realize it. No, 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 but they're. Ex- it's a memorable experience. I remember a lot of moments from Heavy Rain, and that's not something a lot of games can do. I was telling you, when I think back on Bioshock Infinite, the longer more time passes, the, the less fond I end of that game. Because now I'm like, you know what? I don't really remember anything from that game. I'm like, the ending was crazy, and then I killed a ton of people. That's, and like, That's fair. And I even think, Fahrenheit, I haven't played Fahrenheit since I was in high school, and I can still remember some of the big moments in Fahrenheit. So even if the game is not perfect, even if the game has flaws... If it has moments that are memorable to me, then that's something I want to play. I think and that's, fair. that's fair. That's that's just how I look at it.
0: I just I wanted to throw the grenade out there because it seems like a lot of people are talking about Beyond Two Souls, and it seems very uh, it, it it seems very divisive. I, I think oh that's
1: I, oh point. I'm sure it will be, but I mean Heavy Rain was divisive too when it came out. People yeah, were like oh very, QTE, QTEs QTEs
0: Very few people were on my camp on that one and in, in the correct camp.
1: Your camp is a little bit radical, though.
0: My, my camp was
1: pointing out the fact.
0: Back- how did Madison get out of that house? I'm sorry.
2: How? All right, look, look, yes. You got all- to let little plot holes not rub you that, that wrong, man. Yeah, if
1: you're going to take issue with something, take issue with the fact that it's like, well, we want realistic characters and we want to show multiple dimensions of everybody opens with the female chick being chased in her underwear by scary men
2: yeah okay that's right
0: (laughs) so uh we're running a little long here so uh steven you want to hit your
2: two uh quick ones real quick uh well i guess i won't talk about pokemans oh god i'm sorry oh no no it's it's cool you know we can i'm gonna still be playing pokemon by the time we're on the next episode so i will discuss it then well
1: Well, that'll probably be good because then we'll have be able to discuss more of it in more length too because, I mean, my two are, are both backlogged. I've been playing Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. I never beat it back in the day. Busted it out. Yeah! That game has sick atmosphere. It is awesome and different. And it is from a Capcom that was not afraid to take creative risks. And uh, it's
2: cool and you should play it. Not perfect, Resident but Evil, nothing is. the RPG, Underground.
1: Yeah, just and the music, whew, man, is it good. Sakimoto, that'll be on the next music show for sure. I, I, I am a bad person for not having put it on there sooner. I don't even blame Derek.
2: I blame me. Well, it's easy to blame others. So. It is. I, so I'll, I'll blame it's, myself. It's good for you for not blaming me. Um,
1: and it still we looks blame
2: Brian. Let's blame yeah,
1: Brian. It's, yeah, it's Brian's fault, our new MMORPG editor, Brian. Uh, yeah, are you. this Brian. It's your fault. Yeah. But, yeah, it, and you know, it's aged really well. It still looks great. The, the running animation is, is as bizarre as it always was. But as a game, if you want to play a really unique experience that, I mean, there's really nothing else like it. Like, my friend asked me, it's a tactical RPG, right? I'm like, well... No, but kind of, but not really. It's, it's just different, and that's what's cool about it. And uh, atmosphere, slick. So, yeah, uh, old game. I'll have more to say once I've made it further, because uh, I've only made it so... I have only have about seven hours on it right now. But And then what I'm playing more thoroughly is something I don't think we've ever talked about, is Final Fantasy Type-0. I played it back when it first came out, when I couldn't really read anything but Hiragana in Japanese, and so I basically just click, 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 and used a guide... And, uh, you know, I enjoyed it, but I I realized now that I'm playing it that I missed a vast majority of the game's content. Um, first of all, it's a really cool action RPG. You have uh, a massive party of characters. I think it's like 14 people, and they're all students at this academy, and it all kind of plays together. It's like this military academy, and in the beginning of the game, they're being invaded, and it's actually kind of similar to Final Fantasy 50, But it... Uh, each character is – the game is balanced so that combat can be very hard-hitting and MP management is important for, like, special attacks. And each character fights totally differently. Like, one character fights with cards and then you can, like, throw them around. He's pretty much Gambit and it's awesome. He tele, his, his dodge move instead of a roll, which is what most people have, is, like, he turns into cards and they teleport to the side. So, obviously, I'm always using him. You know, you have a character that fights with, like, a rapier. You have a character that, like, fights with a giant hammer – and so they take it. The, the damage is scaled that you take big hits in the game. So, like, you'll run through a mission and you'll have to swap your characters a lot. Because, you, you know, three or four of them will die against a hard boss. Uh, and there's this sort of timing thing in the combat where if you hit an enemy just as they're about to attack, you'll do a massive critical hit to them. And that can play into, like, being able to kill enemies that are way stronger. Um, the world design is gorgeous in the game. Like, uh, again, I know it's an older game. You've probably seen it. But... It's just for a PSP game. Even just you walk into the academy, and it's just there's so many like just moving clockwork machines in the background, and just really colorful, great use of artwork. It's it's you could tell this game was inspired along with Final Fantasy Thirteen. because one thing was if thirteen had one thing going for it, it was that it had gorgeous looking environments. There's more depth to them in this game. There's a world map and music and ride chocobos. The music is excellent in this. I wouldn't. I would not put it on the level of 13's music because it's, it's good, but like a lot of Takaharu Ishimoto stuff, there's a lot of fillery tracks in it too. But the good tracks yeah, got are...
2: it Bump of Chicken.
1: It does have Bump of Chicken, and that song is great. Bump of Chicken is, or is the, the Japanese uh, pop band that also did the theme music karma to Tales of the Abyss. But so, and what's great about it is that there's a real breadth to like what you can do. Like There's this thing called the Alto Cristarium, which is how you level up your character's magic. Uh, every character has a set of abilities. You can buy new ones as you level them up with AP, and you know change their attacks. Every attack, uh, their attacks. Like the card guy, for example, if you're pressing a direction when you do the triangle button attack, he can either shoot lasers with the like he can throw cards up into the air as satellites and they'll shoot lasers, or he can hold. You can hold forward when you attack, and he'll do like a whirlwind attack forward with the cards swirling around him. And every character has that kind of complexity. Like the gun character has this whole set where you know you can you can load up shells and fire them all at once. You can charge magic. So there's a lot of depth to the combat that's a lot of fun. But then on top of that, you also have, once you get into the main storyline of the game, you know, it'll be like, all right, you have this much time. You have four days and 12 hours until the next uh, uh, combat mission where, you know, you'll have, it's like a major story event. It's kind of like Persona, where Persona has like, all right, you have the monthly event where something's going to happen, but it happens a little more frequently. So like, you could say, hey, I want to go spend an hour. I'm going to talk to this Moogle and hear a story from him and get an item, and it's going to use an hour of my time. Or you can go and, you know, watch basically like little skits with the characters because it's, it's a big cast and people in the academy. And you can kind of learn a little bit more about the characters and spend your time that way. Or you can, like, you know, go do side quests in the world map. People have requests. They'll pop up over their head, and they're kind of like, you know, go find five of this, you know. mmo kind of stuff, but, uh, the, you know, they're just side missions. You can also use your time. You can go to class. Uh, so, like, you can go talk to the uh, to Magrin, who is, like, your class's mascot, Moogle. And uh, interestingly, I forgot in Japanese, all the Moogles say kupo at the end of their sentences, and that's how you know they're talking Moogly. But, like, you can go to a class and be like, oh, this class taught your whole party how to have more MP. or And that's... So you have this time management thing that is evocative of persona, and it works really well because it, it ties the, the non combat portions into the combat portions very well, and then during the major story missions, that's like your big, s- what?
2: Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. I thought you were gonna pause. I just said, "Oh my god, I want this game so bad." It but...
1: it's it needs to come out here because it will do very well. It's a fantastic game, and it uh, it has like the 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 story missions have like big set piece battles and like crazy boss fights. You can. Um, you can sacrifice a party member once you get to a certain point in the game. You can kill a party member instantly for the battle for the rest of the mission and summon a summon, so like Odin. And o- Odin comes out, your characters have like, you know, 500 HP. Odin comes out with like 6,000 and can do like tens of thousands of damage, Zantetsukening everything. Uh, so there's this really awesome risk-award thing in the battle system. And then I'm not using it now because, you know, the game is ancient at this point for PSP. But it has this very Dark Souls-like multiplayer system where... You, you do the first couple missions of the game on disc one, and then after that, you unlock the main part of the game, which is on disc two, and then the finale is on disc one again as well, because you can't use multiplayer in the finale. Mm. And so, like, you can go into a story mission, and you can summon other people in to help you, I, b- I believe. I, I've never used it myself, but if it were to come out now on Vita, that would be a really fantastic way to play, because... You can't have people with you all the time, but it's like, hey, I'm having a tough time with this mission or this boss battle. You can summon another player to come in and help you win that fight. So it's 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 got all these influences from games that I love that come together really well. And like it's just is just a lot to do. The combat's a lot of fun. Um, the plot's actually very interesting. It's and again, my Japanese isn't nearly good enough that I'm like understanding a hundred percent of it. I'd say like 90% of what's going on, I'm following. But some of the finer nuances, like when they start talking about inter- inter-country politics, I'm like, uh, what? And so but voice acting is great. And so some of the characters strike me as a little tropey. And I can't tell if that would get better with watching more, like talking to them more and interacting with them more because it's such a big cast. I just don't see all of them getting fleshed out. But at the, at the very least, there are opportunities to learn more about them. And every story mission kind of has a set of characters who are going to pop up in the cutscenes, and so you know who those characters are when you do the mission, and you can still use your other characters. But like, you know, when the bad guy shows up, a certain set of characters are going to be voiced and in the cutscene. So it's it is a it's a really interesting game that takes a lot more creative risks than well, actually, I guess thirteen took a lot of creative risks too. But it takes a lot of creative risks that I think pay off. It's very rewarding to play, and I'm. Really hoping they that all this, you know, chit chat lately of oh is coming out here, so maybe uh maybe this will get localized. Uh I, I really would like to see it come out here because I think a lot of people would enjoy it a lot because it, it has aged well. It still looks very good. And you know, I'm having a blast with it. I'm enjoying it Although- more than I would say thirteen.
0: Ooh. Uh, well, the two games that I'm very interested in from Square Enix, we know one is coming out next year. That's Bravely Default. I talked about it on the show last time. I really want to play that. I watch more videos for it, and you guys are right. That really is like an old-school Final Fantasy game, so I'm really excited for that. And then uh, Final Fantasy Type-0, I really want to see that as well. Like, I want that to come out in America, because... It- it, it, it just sounds like what we've been kind of wanting from Final Fantasy games, and it's incorporating new ideas and, and new theories, and that's what we need in games right now.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like what people wanted out of thirteen, with what people loved about some of the older ones. But it's, it's different, but that's what's cool about it, and it, it's creatively risky, but it pays off. And that's why I'm really uh, – as I was playing it, I was going, wow, I'm getting more excited for fifteen because Hajime Tabata, the director – I don't. I can't say it was all him, but he clearly has an eye for, you know, creative decisions that play out well in terms of a game, and you know, just like Naoki Yoshida with Final Fantasy XIV, I feel like that Square Enix is in a great position right now, where they're making, they're starting to make smarter business choices, mostly. Like look at Deus Ex, high five to them, and uh, you know, their creative people that are prominent right now are great. Like I. I'm still not the biggest Tetsuya Nomura fan, but I love Kingdom Hearts, so I'm okay with it. You love zippers. Don't lie. No.
2: Why you gotta hate on zippers? What's the problem with Because you, really
0: you don't need 10 million zippers on Sora. He doesn't
2: yeah, have that
1: many zippers on him. He's got like three.
2: Oh, I just think it's funny when... Uh, <laughs> three is still more than one. I, I think it's funny when people use that as like a, like a, a bullet point for... This is why Final Fantasy sucks. Zippers. No, it's not All a right, point. No. It's just I
0: don't like. Go on. I-, I liked Nomura's art when it was very anime. And I think as he's gotten away from anime, I've found him less interesting. Like, I love the character designs for Seven. I thought Eight's character designs were okay. And I was like, all right, he's going for a more realistic look. That's great. And then Amano showed up and kicked everybody's teeth in with Final Fantasy IX's character designs, and I love him. And then Ten's character designs yeah. like are are kind of all over the place. Like some of them, are, I actually think that what's her face Riku's has maybe one of the most boring character designs ever. But like Lulu is like this goth Lolita chick that's just awesome. So then again, I'm distracted by boobs. So what
2: I, do you do? I I love Lulu, and I'm well. <laughs> I I too I guess I'm distracted. You can't not be distracted by the boobs, even if you're not interested. Yeah. I would
1: say I don't like Titus's design, but that's only because I don't like the style of it. I would I like say I think. Person. Well, I think it's a good design. Like I think it is an artistically valid design. I just I don't like it because I'm like, all right, it just looks goofy. Why can't I just look like Zidane and wear the? F- Ooh, almost almost dropped a bad word there. Uh, yeah, why can different I- guy. Well, you know, he's got like his little you know his bolo tie and. You know, let's just let's not let me get started on nine or we'll just
0: Yeah, let's let's All right, so type 0 you are really liking uh I I we're, we're running late here, so let's let's get to the news cuz I I know my wife is in the middle of of dinner and I'm I'm getting very hungry. And I'm not I, Yes, and she's plating. And I I'm not saying that like, "Oh my god, I make my wife cook dinner. It's just she's an awesome cook and I'm really looking forward to eating."
1: I'm looking forward to eating right. too. And you know what I'm going to do? Cook by myself. Oh, for God's so, sake!
2: No, forget that. I'm I'm eating out tonight. I'm going straight for Chipotle as soon as we're done. Oh God. Um, it's let's talk idea. about some news, shall we? K- can Can uh, we give special uh, Can we give special
0: ups to Square Enix right off the bat? Who's
1: doing news? Uh, yeah, you want to you want you want to steer this train? <laughs>
2: train, I'm train, take me away. <laughs> Train, train. Go ahead. What
0: were you going to say? Uh, I was going to give Square Enix a lot of credit. Um, so with the Deus Ex Director's Cut on PC, they're not making people rebuy the whole game if they already own it. If you own just the game, they're allowing you to upgrade to the Director's Cut for $10. And if you own the game and the Missing Link DLC, they're allowing you to upgrade for $5. $5. And the director's cut is adding commentary. They're fixing the boss fights. Yes! They're adding in some graphical tweaks. They're adding in some uh, minor balance issues to the game. And they're adding a whole new, uh, new game plus which was one of the things I was kind of disappointed with with the game because I wanted to play as upgraded Jensen and be breaking down walls all day. So, yeah, really hats off to Square Enix making some good proper business decisions. I don't know what got in the drinking water over there, but awesome job, guys. Very consumer friendly.
1: I do hope I – I don't know if – this may have already been confirmed as a no, but I would like to be able to hook my phone or tablet up to it somehow and use the second screen stuff.
0: I don't know what they're doing with that. I know that you can use, like, Microsoft Surface on the 360, so I'm guessing there might be something similar to that for PC. I'm not sure yet.
1: Hopefully. Not that I'm normally into second-screen stuff, but, you know... I will, be, I re-play-
0: I will be replaying Deus Ex, because I, I wanted to replay that, but those boss fights really, really, really angered me, but I'm, I'm happy to say they fixed them.
2: Well, yeah. yeah. I was going to this, this kind of, like, a... A reworking of that scale is very unusual, um, especially from Square Enix. So it, that's really cool. They took the CD project route, as you said.
1: Yeah, it just shows that they care about their product beyond just it as a number. You know, well, I,
0: I think it's also let's bring in some revenue because I, I think it, the new Thief game is looking better. So I'm not I'm not counting that game out right now. But you're talking about releasing a revival of an IP when the new generation consoles are just coming out. That is kind of a hard sell, so I think that this—I think this was also a little bit of a calculated decision. Like we can probably get some good bang for our buck, and they probably saw the numbers on Steam sales that Deus Ex has always been a good seller there. So, showing a lot yeah. of people are interested in playing that game that maybe didn't get it the first time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. I'll, so I'll be playing it again. Another
2: again. thing that Square Enix has done <laughs> is they've—they uh, actually announced Dragon Guard Three for a 2014 North American release um i actually wasn't sure that they would do this i didn't think so they, they did i'm it. glad yeah so uh dragon guard 3 known as dragon dragoon 3 in japan and i think europe as well um, <laughs> is the third obviously the third in the dragon guard series uh dragon guard one and two actually are in my super not humble opinion on these i think they're pretty crap games yeah they're pretty um, awful. They have. Re- they have really interesting stories, though. Some of the most interesting that I've ever encountered in video games, with characters that do all kinds of incredibly bizarre things. I mean, like like kids getting killed, like kids getting possessed and killed, and a woman who wants to eat babies and stuff. I mean, it's like super out there. So, ever since *NieR* came out, uh, I think that a lot of people have sort of. Uh, paid more attention to the series and its mythos. So Guard 3 is a prequel to the entire series, and it's going to have connections with Nier. Uh, most notably, it's going to have music composed by Keiji Okabe, who also did the music on Nier, or for Nier. So that's that's exciting. It's coming out here in North America in early 2014. So that's worth looking forward to for sure. And it's a prequel. To, I don't know if I just said this. It's a prequel chronologically um, to Drakengard 1, so you don't have to have played it. Uh,
0: I was really hoping they were going to call it Drakengard 3 Nier 2. Like, the whole, rock, <laughs> the whole like, Rambo First Blood Part 2 thing. Like, I was really hoping for yeah. that.
2: Uh-huh. Oh, well. Also, all right, moving on. Gabriel Knight, Since the Fathers remake was announced Woo-hoo! for iOS, Android, Mac, and PC. I don't know anything about this game other than that it's an adventure game. And a- is a good game for happy time. It's Jane Jensen, right? Uh,
1: yeah, it's one of the best adventure games ever made. Um, easily one of the best. Tim Curry voiced the main character, had this, like, crazy story about voodoo and uh yeah i'm I'm very excited uh phoenix online studios is helping with it which they're helping with pretty much everything jane jensen does these days uh they care a lot about their product so uh you should be excited
2: please look forward to it square enix also announced final fantasy 6 for ios and android which is kind of a i don't know i have mixed feelings on that um not super happy about the recent mobile games or you know the recent ios games in general um i dimensions was surprisingly okay uh although i really did not like i really don't like the look of final fantasy 5's ios port so i'm not incredibly confident about this one but i will give it a try i'm super 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 tired of touchscreen controls i am pretty fervently anti-touchscreen, and I try to keep an open mind about everything, um, which means I definitely will try this, and I, I I love Final Fantasy VI enough that I'll give it a go. Um, but I, I'm i looking forward to seeing screens. I, I, I don't know, I hope they add a little something at least to it. Uh, but yeah, it's coming well, out on your phones. So. They
1: said they were reducing the grindiness... Of the game, and I don't like that.
2: Yeah, I'm not so sure about that.
1: You know, know, that's that's the response people nowadays going, oh, I don't like grinding. I'm like, there's 14 characters. If you want to level them all up, you're going to have to do that. Now, if they say your characters that you're not using will level up and gain AP, I'm actually okay with that because that's not making the game easier. That really is just reducing you having to grind battles. So I guess when I say I, I don't want grinding... I want to still be able to build up my party and be ridiculous, but if they basically just say, yeah, your characters will level up if you're not using them, I'm, I'm, I'm more okay with that.
0: You know I, sure? I don't know. I'm kind of... Yeah, I, I know. Uh, you can it's, play Final Fantasy Six. Really yeah, you can't get excited. You can play Final Fantasy Six on your toaster now.
1: Like. <laughs> actually, no. Final Fantasy Six, you cannot play on your
2: toaster. Okay, on your... Final Fantasy III, on the other hand, you can. Yes. It's on. Yeah. That's on Ouya. So if it's not Ouya, it's on everything else. But uh, anyway, moving on, since we're running long, I still have four stories to go through here. There was an expansion pack announced for Star Wars The Old Republic. It's called Galactic Starfighter. It's got PvP battles in space. And uh, there are some incentives for current subscribers. If you pre-order, you get early access to the expansion starting on December 3rd and exclusive paint jobs, pilot suits, titles, and max benefits for leveling and progression. I just read that out of the news story. So Well done uh, if, you're, if you're still playing the Old Republic, it is coming out soon, and it will be available to the public on uh, February fourth. So cool. A little ways out, but but December third is quite a quite a quite a bit earlier. So if you're interested, uh, you get that soon.
1: Not a fan of that game, but I'm glad they're supporting it because uh, yeah. I'm sure people were getting a little worried that they weren't going to. Uh, oh,
0: maybe maybe uh, Dave will play it. I really want to know what the subscription numbers are on that game
1: now. Do you?
0: it's free to play uh, now. So. maybe i don't but
1: yeah oh yeah it's right it's free to play now so there really wouldn't be much of a number yeah so
2: you'd have to look at microtransaction sales yeah just to see how many people are playing it because like world of warcraft
0: numbers are down significantly so i don't know it's time for some. Yeah, it's yeah. time for somebody to stand up we need a new even final fantasy 14 which is a great mmo it doesn't break the mold I think it's time for somebody to kind of step forward and take a chance and probably fail miserably and end up closing as a company. So let anybody else do that, you know.
1: Well, Sony's trying to do that with EverQuest 3 so, or EverQuest Next. Yeah, that's so. right. EverQuest that's
2: Next, yeah. I, I'm not really interested in that game in, in terms of art style, but um, conceptually it sounds interesting. yeah. So. All right, so this is a really cool piece of news. Dragon's Crown was just patched with cross-play support, so now you can play between the PS3 and PS Vita together. Uh, initially, the game only had cross-save support, which meant that you could transfer your characters back and forth between the two, but you couldn't actually play together. So that's really surprising. Um, a patch of that scale generally doesn't come out for games. I mean, that's that's usually a feature that has to be done early in development. All right. And... For a long time they were saying that they were facing a lot of difficulties with that and they weren't able to get it to work. So surprisingly, people actually they actually got it to work. So that patch is out now and the game is, you know, I think it's still on sale for $10 off. I'm not sure if it will be by the time this podcast episode goes up. But yeah, so Rob and I have talked extensively about Dragon's Crown. We reviewed it. I reviewed Vita. He reviewed PS3. We both think it's a really good game and uh, now you can play with your friends if those friends have it on a different system.
0: And they also um I I think if I read one of the patch notes correctly, they now you don't have to do that absolute BS thing where you had to go through the story mode with each and every character. Apparently that carries through.
2: There have been several patches to the Yeah, there have been several patches to the game since it came out. Um like three or four that actually have added some small features here and there, like markers to make it easier for you to see your character. And past other things, like, so that you don't have to reset your story progression. And they've, they've like, buffed the wizard and made him stronger, um, changed the way that some abilities work, like, made what the is- Amazon a little bit faster, I think, with one of, like, I just, they changed the way Berserk works. I haven't played the game in a while. But, yeah, what so they're actually they're supporting this game a lot. Yeah, isn't that cool? Like, they could have just been like, well, whatever, the game's out. But they've actually been balancing it on a much larger scale than uh, I would have expected for a game like that.
1: See, we talked a little bit a couple of months ago with John, like, about how, like, with the way pricing on games works, like, are people just, like, making it, getting the first month sales, dropping the price, and forgetting about it? And we were getting towards that a little bit, and I'm starting to see more and more companies, like, with Deus Ex. Deus Ex is a three-year-old game getting this. So, like, man, I'm just really happy to see all of these developers supporting their games because it's not like we don't want to keep playing the games we like. If you... You know, when you do things like this, it makes you want to play them. I mean, look at Scott Pilgrim. That game got an, a multiplayer patch for online like four years after it came out, or something. Yeah. So, like, yay. That's all oh, I got. I- I'm going to correct okay, you. Right.
0: I'm going to correct you a little bit. Deus Ex is a two-year-old game. Okay. It came right. out in August two
2: years ago. So I'm Sorry. Sorry. Just just being the like safety police <laughs> over here. No problem. All right, so moving on. Square Enix announced uh, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.5 Remix, which <laughs> we, we thought was coming. God, um, I'm still based on, deaf
0: over here from Steven's
2: jubilation. Yeah, yeah you, we, well, when, when they announced it, he, his scream was heard round the globe. So I, I, was, I was I was in bed that night. I was awoken by a shrill cry in the dead of the night. I um, was uh,
1: I was on Skype with Mike and Liz, and it was it was something.
2: I remember that night. I was drinking in the kitchen. I was like, I'll be right back, guys. And I went to the kitchen. And then I didn't come back for like an hour and a half. And um, when I came back, I was like, hey, guys, what's up? And Stephen was like, Derek! And uh, that's a pretty apt summary of how many nights go with us on Skype. Anyway, they announced Kingdom Hearts 2.5 HD Remix. Um, We thought it was coming based on the fact that there was HD footage of the three games in the collection during the credit sequence for Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5. This is going to contain Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix birth by sleep final mix and hd cinematics from kingdom hearts recoded it will be out next year and we're excited i really want it uh
1: yeah uh, and i'm hoping they make the multiplayer playable online for birth by sleep because that final mix added a lot of really great content uh yeah be so
2: interested in checking that cross fingers yeah Fingers crossed. And finally, uh, it's not a news story per se, but I did want to draw attention to the fact that we just put out a new feature. It's our top 20 PSP RPGs. Um, we spent a really long time working on this. We deliberated a lot. We voted. And so this this isn't just a haphazardly slapped together list. And it's not meant to be a, you know, end-all, be-all. These are the best games in terms of pure quality from a list of, you know, things that we checked off. It's just we all had a discussion, and... Uh, we decided that these are our 20 favorite games on the PSP, so that is currently linked on the front page. Or you can check that out under the Features tab near the top of the page if you're accessing this podcast later on. So that was a really fun feature to make, and we actually have something similar for the DS coming up, so keep an eye out for that. Take care. That's it for news, boys. Except for um, that Kingdom Hearts uh, 3 trailer. Uh, are you already eating dinner?
0: No. Okay, was, well, there, I'm was, done there,
2: talking.
0: was there a lot of lip smacking? I'm sorry. Uh, a little bit. Sorry, uh, Stephen. Go ahead and uh, yeah, I did. How excited? Well, are
1: you? If, if we don't have time to talk about it, we could talk about the Kingdom Hearts three footage next episode.
0: Okay, do we want to do that? I mean, I don't want to cut you off.
1: If you want to go, nuts, no, we can wait. It. We can wait. They'll give us. We don't. We don't want to feel rushed.
0: Yeah, I mean, it looks. It doesn't really look like the original Kingdom Hearts. I mean, I think they've lost the essence of what really makes it special. Can't it's talk big magic magic.
2: It's demo footage for a game that is like a light two year years a light. out. At yeah. least. Exactly. So, if yeah, people need to calm themselves. People do need to calm themselves. So, I thought it was get, interesting. I don't get it. Him.
0: All right, well, thank you, everybody, for listening to Random Encounter. As always, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or through the RSS feed. Hey, guess what? We're at 58 reviews as of this time of recording, so mm-hmm. we're almost at 60. Two more, two more. Come on, we can get there, guys. Uh, I wanted to – oh, crap. Did I close out iTunes? I wanted to give shout-outs because maybe that's, like, another way that I can get people to, like, jump on
1: and actually start giving us – Ah, I got to load it up quickly. Um, hey, shout – we're not above being bribed. You can – um, know, it,
0: bribery gets you everywhere. Like, I mean, uh, that that's just a, a fact of life. So, I mean, if somebody wants to buy me an, R, an R9 280 uh, graphics card, I will give you a lot of shout outs on this podcast. So uh, last couple of reviews have been from uh, Mohawk, dollar sign, colon, at slash. Uh, really nice things <laughs> they said about us. James Box Cat, uh, another really nice review. Thank you very much. Mark Di Jamerino, Di uh God, these Italian last names so difficult. Uh,
2: you're really gonna make people want to reply when you give their names that much loving care.
0: Di Jamerino, uh, it, it's hard to say. I'm sorry. So thanks guys for giving us reviews on iTunes. We really do appreciate that. It really makes us. It validates what we do around here, and we appreciate that.
1: And so I love uh, validation.
0: We got lots more games coming up to talk about. I'm sure we're going to have a very long Zelda podcast as soon as uh, Link Between Worlds comes out at the end of November. So make sure to stay tuned for that and we will see you all later.